Are we back? We're back. We're back? Have you seen The Color of Money? The movie? Uh, Tom Cruise? And... Um, yes. I'd say... Hey, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we are. No, that was Paul. Okay. Um, okay. I wanted to say Robert Redford, but I don't know why. It was Paul Newman. Okay. Um, Robert Redford is also a person. Episodes of the Tableau Podcast. Welcome. What does that mean? Well, um, it means that there is a Tableau Podcast, and it means we have returned to record it. Mm. How do you feel about that? Uh, I I could drink to that. How is your Japanese beer? Uh, I don't know. I've been drinking the gin you made. uh, Oh, you're drinking the gin. Old Willie. Old Willie. It's aged it's, in a it, old barrel. It seemed fitting. Not particularly old barrel, just a regular yeah. barrel. It's it's oak, but it's could the be barrel old. doesn't appreciate being right. Old. I mean, could be young. Depends on who you're who you're talking to, right? Well, it's old Willie because it's aged. The the gin. Okay, so the gin's old. The oak's young. The oak is just oak. It doesn't have. The characteristics of older new. I'm not sure I fully it's a barrel. Um, so we're here to record some things about about the the world. Mm. Um, and I'm excited because we got some things to talk about. Um, and I heard Wilson. I heard. I, I don't know if this is true. I think I read it somewhere on like a local blog. I read that you had some ideas for things to talk about that like there were some topics that you were you were interested in talking about Trump, with Trump. respect to tableau don't don't try offload don't don't do that but we do have some things to talk talk about uh trying to think of what what's there uh gartner report just came out gartner report gartner, gartner report i'm gonna, just I'm gonna report. write that down that's a g-a-r-t <laughs> Not like a gardener snake. Not like a gardener. It's gardener, right? Well, garter snakes. Yeah. yeah. Not like a garter that you wear on your, you know, on your leg. It might be spelled that way. I'm not entirely sure. A gardener belt. You're the English major right now, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Okay. Um, so you want to talk about the Gartner Report? That's a good one. Gartner Report's out. Uh, we just came out with a 10.2, which I'm pretty actually excited about. We're going to talk about 10.2. I want to talk about 10.2. 10.2. Anything else? Anything uh, else on your mind? I don't know. We'll figure it out as we move along. Maybe, of course, some cheese and crackers. Uh, you want to talk about cheese and crackers? I, I do want to. Um, okay. I'm fond of it. We started a new data project today. We did. Are we ready to talk about that? 
I like the idea of us talking about it and just being transparent. It's the beginning of a project. Yes. It's, it's the beginning. It's not yeah. the end for sure. Uh, and you're not going to hear the results for a while. Well, but it is the beginning of a project. And I think it's a it's an important world project. Really. Yes. It's something that people need to know about. So we'll, tell, we'll inform people about it in the same way that Donald Trump informed people about uh, voice. It's going to be big. It's 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 going to be huge. Uh, everyone's going to be talking about it. Um, and really, the goal, like voice, is to protect the public. We are at the final strokes of, of, of finalizing it. And mm-hmm. stay tuned. Um, so this project is uh, is called the Hamburger Magic Quadrant in memoriam of Alonzo Hamburger Jones, who yeah. I don't know if he's actually dead, but we're still going to remember um good comic. he's probably still alive um and and we're we're you know in honor of him and in honor of gartner we're going to make a magic quadrant that, mm-hmm. that combines the two mm-hmm. anytime you can combine the work of a 1990s black comedian and a marketing research firm uh you have to do it i, I mean think that's there, the there's just enough diversity and competition in the hamburger market that really requires a more quantified approach towards understanding the complexity of what's going on there. So I think Charles and I have taken the the burden of really understanding, of course, and, and, and providing folks with uh, an understanding of what, what that burger market looks like mm-hmm. here in New York. Um, so... Uh, we will rate the hamburgers in two categories on uh, ability to hamburger and completeness of hamburger. Right. <laughs> um, so um, we welcome feedback or uh, or input as we embark on this journey. Uh, coming soon, the Hamburger Magic Quadrant for New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, stay tuned for that in future weeks and months and years. Um, because it's a it's a big project. And there's years, a lot of there's a lot of hamburgers to try. We're, we're building, and we're not trying to die of heart disease, so it's it, it may go slowly, but it's an important passion project for both of us. Yes. Um, on that note, though, Wilson, mm-hmm. on the subject of magic quadrants, yes, uh, the Gartner report. That was actually probably one of your more seamless segues. Well, you uh, made it easy for me, Wilson. I teed it up. Uh, we we thought about this one. We had time. We had a lot of time. We had a lot of time. Uh, the last podcast that we produced was in July, and you weren't even part of it. So we had time. We had time. Um, yeah, so why don't we talk about this new report that came out? Uh, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what the Gartner Report is. I'm going to give you a 30-second uh, summary of what the Gartner Report is, starting in five seconds. In five seconds, I'm going to describe the Gartner Report. Two. One. I'm looking at my clock here. So the Gartner Report is a report that was published by a company named Gartner. And Gartner is a company that makes money publishing analysis of various things, including many different industries specific to technology. Um, They produce a report called the Gartner Magic Quadrant. It rates all members of a certain technology space, and they rate them on two different axes, ability to execute and completeness of vision. That's 30 seconds. Um, The Gartner report for Tableau is the magic quadrant for business intelligence companies, um, which is a market that has sort of been redefined over the last few years. And it's a market that I think 
Tableau has sort of claimed responsibility for redefining. Um, and Tableau is in its fifth year of being a leader in the Magic Quadrant, which is coveted mostly because we can bring the report to our customers when we're trying to sell them something and be like, look, this independent company says we're great. Um, we, we love that upper right sector right there. Yeah. It, as in most charts, it's better to be in the upper right than the lower left. Mm -hmm. um, just a general rule of charts. Uh, and, <laughs> and we're up there. So that's, it's great. Um, what, what is it, you know, when we were talking about the Gartner report, Wilson, what is it that caught your eye or, or that made you want to discuss it? No, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, honestly, this is, I think it feels like the second year where we ended up being on a much higher plane that's there. And I think for, um, much of the scale to be actually altered by the idea of self-service, uh, collaboration, really visualization as a very essential component to business intelligence that's there. And, uh, this year was kind of no exception. We moved up and to the right and, uh, Parallel, of course, to one other competitor that was there. But to be honest, it was just one of those things where it was it was it was good to see that a lot of the development work was really well recognized and really well uh, received. Okay, yeah. So you you said something that I think is an important thing for us to discuss when it comes to the Garden Report, which is visualization is a very essential component. You may have heard me typing when you were saying that. It's because I wrote it down uh, on my computing device. Um, I think that that is the key term in the business intelligence market right now is this idea of data visualization. But I'm curious about what role you think it plays in the uh, ranking system uh, of, of Gartner that we were just discussing. Well, it definitely redefined. And this is one of those weird things when we take a look at sort of Gartner over the years. We've been there for five years and honestly... Uh, uh, you know, more if we're, we talk about basically how many years we're a darling of, of uh, the, the magic quadrant that was there. Um, you know, visualization hasn't been um, synonymous to business intelligence for a really long time. It was really kind of this idea where, you know, there were charting needs and business intelligence encompass what that is. But to what degree charting was essential to the process was not really there up until I think last couple of years where uh, folks really started to recognize that the process of how you build and how you identify outliers and trends, how you identify uh, things of interest were really done by visuals. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy. And of course, I think that was something that they noted last year where a lot of uh, the vendors shifted and it was really, of course, their scales shifting. Um, in respect to some of those concepts that, that were there. Um, and I think it's a good validation to what some of the foundational work Tableau has done, or of course, what, what built Tableau, which is some of the academic work around visual analysis. And of course, uh, how pre-attentive attributes really, of course, play a role for us to work better and understand data better. So, this idea of visualization has become sort of the key component, I think, in this world, in the market of, of data analysis and business intelligence. And the, uh, the companies that are in the leaders quadrant of this report, there's three of them, 
there's Tableau, there's Microsoft, and there's Click yeah. Tech. Um, and if I'm if I read you the taglines, um, I'm going to read you the taglines from each of those three companies' website: mm -hmm. Tableau, Microsoft, and Click. And I want you to tell me which one is which. Okay. okay? Company number one says this product transforms your company's data into rich visuals for you to collect and organize so you can focus on what matters to you. Okay. That's company one. I'll read you all three and you can determine which one is which. That was one. Number two is free self-service data visualization and discovery that let your instincts lead the way. And number three is, let me get to their website. Make your data make an impact. This company helps the world's largest organizations unleash the power of their most valuable assets, their data and their people. I'm going to be really snarky here. I think number three is click. Okay. What do you uh, think the other two are? Ooh, first two. Um, I can read again if you want. Uh, please do. Number one, this product transforms your company's data into rich visuals for you to collect and organize so you can mm -hmm. focus on what matters to you. Mm -hmm. And number two was self-service data visualization and discovery that let your instincts lead the way. That is tough. Talked about this before. I might say one is Tableau, but at the same time, I feel like I'm going to be wrong. So you think one is Tableau, you think three is clicks. So that means you think two is Power BI. I, I, I do. And it's really challenging these days, but... Wrong, wrong, and wrong. Really? Um, number three was Tableau. Uh, number one was Microsoft, and number two was Click. Mm. Now, I brought that up for a reason. The reason was, I think the marketing and language in this industry has gotten so muddled that no one really knows what product does what. Yep. And I also brought it up to prove a point which is the only tagline that doesn't mention visualization is Tableau's. Oh, yeah. Helps Hold the on. world's largest organizations unleash the power of their most valuable I mean, assets. The, their data the, their the third point that you might argue that you proved is that I really don't know what our marketing that material you really is. Paying attention. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you had a couple of drinks and you're <laughs> not really paying attention. Uh, that's, that's another point. Um, the first thing that I have kind of noticed, Tableau... Um, and I think Click have both been in this report for a long time, for the same number of years, and then Microsoft is, is, a, is an upstart, at least in this iteration of their product. Microsoft is in, I think, 45 magic quadrants. Uh, so it's kind of hard to differentiate where they're good in technology and where they're not. They, they're a uh, recognized concern in like every possible technology market, but they're newer to this space, at least in their Power BI product. Um, this is the thing that I think is the biggest challenge to Tableau right now. Not competition, but marketing. The fact that there's all these companies in the space, and even the ones that aren't in the leaders part of this report are all kind of saying the same thing. Well, it's the same tagline that I think we've had on our website for a good number of years, that data visualization matters, that we mm -hmm. focused on it. Uh, we see a lot of Mimicry, honestly, from a UI perspective and from a, a marketing perspective, they are saying and doing very similar things, um, but not to the same depth. And I think that's one of those challenges where uh, 
you know, we, we go on to customer sites and the, the challenge is, you know, what is different? How is this different? And, and it's not as obvious as being able to walk through the first five minutes and, and clearly show that. Um, but I am surprised. I, I thought, I guess, part of it was Click would, would do what we would normally do, which is, <laughs> I think, why I got those two confused. But anyways. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th I, I wonder a lot about, um, you know, as, a, as an employee of Tableau, obviously we're biased, um, but I, I wonder a lot about what we do about this, about, you know, how do we handle the fact that everyone's kind of saying the same thing. Um, the market has moved to a place where it's much more consumerized. So there's less, there's less evaluation, I think, in the entire market. Like it's, it's turned into more of a consumer product model where you call up a company, you order something, and if you don't like it, in a year you switch to something else, but you don't do a lot of like evaluation before you buy, kind of like buying a cell phone or a piece of software or something like that for a consumer. Um, but it makes it difficult to differentiate the different products. And I, I think of it, you know, it's, it's very similar to a lot of the, you know, powerful technologies that consumers buy, like I, I think um, mobile uh, phones and data is a really good example. They all kind of do the same thing. Um, and the service is kind of, there's some differentiation between the service, but it's kind of all the same. Um, and each company would probably say what they do is the best, but there's not really, the market doesn't really understand any difference. So, and we can sit here all day and say that Tableau is the best. And I really believe it is superior to the other products, but that doesn't mean anything to people who haven't used our software. No, no, it really doesn't. I mean, and that's why I think at the end of the day, the only way to actually really understand the differences is to trial the software and get some understanding in terms in terms of what the differences are mm. when you work with real data. And I've started really, of course, pitching the line a little bit more where it's just like data work is messy. There's no way around it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, every software out there is going to try to pitch line that we were trying to make, of course, the experience a little bit low a little bit easier, but the reality is that it's going to be messy based upon the circumstances that the data is collected. Uh, it's messy because of the business process that it represents. Um, it's messy because of who wants that information. Um, and I think when it boils down to it, you don't really get a good understanding of flexibility until you get your hands onto it. But it is sort of a really good question. I, I think we've discussed this over the last really six months nine months really, uh, around sort of the differences that we do see. Um, but I'm kind of curious to kind of hear your thoughts around what what those differences are, right? Like you, we hear about Click and Power BI being sort of data visualization tools mm -hmm. and, and things like that. So, I mean, how does Tableau even stand out to be different? Is it a feature? Is it is it... Well, that's, that's why I think your first comment of uh, visualization is a very essential component to these products is kind of defining for, for this conversation. Because I would argue that the way we would differentiate ourselves, the way that would lead to Tableau being successful is kind of a divergence from that terminology and, and to stop talking about visualization. Because visualization... It's, it's great that Tableau has sort of made visualization a ask. If you're looking for data analysis, you ask about visualization if you're a business. Um, and that's, I think we, have, we deserve a lot of credit for that. And I think that we should be really proud as a company that we've moved the market to the point that that's 
a, an important element, but now I feel like we kind of have to move away from it because there's so many companies that do visualization well that it doesn't differentiate us. They Power BI and Click and the 20 other companies that are in the analysis and probably some more all do visualization as well as we do. If, if, if you're just looking at the pictures that you can create, they're just as good. Um, the thing that we do really well that I don't think they do as well, and I haven't tried every single one of these products, um, but I don't think they do it as well as us, is the actual workflow of doing analytics. When you ask a question of data, how do you answer it? How do you get to the answer? Most visualization products kind of require you to have the answer before you start. They say, I know what my answer is gonna look like, I know what the chart's gonna look like, and the product makes me really easy, makes it really easy for me to produce that chart. And that's that's where I think we differentiate ourselves. Is it there's not an implicit assumption that you know what you're going to create before you start. But that's a difficult distinction to make. So the distinction I try to outline is the difference between um, analysis and presentation. Uh, presentation is something that Tableau does well, but other companies do well as well. And analysis is something that Tableau does well, and other companies don't do very well. That's my distinction. What do you think of that? No, I, I think I really agree with it. Um, at the end of the day, I think that's one of those key stories that we oftentimes demo, but it gets lost, I think, when it comes down to uh, the methodical nature or the memorized nature, I think, that we even approach our demos with. Um, it's very much... Uh, that data exploration. And we've heard those stories before where people have found incredible savings, incredible well, gains uh, from being able to actually play with their data. And I know Christian in the past has hated that term of playing with your data, but the reality is that it is, right? Like there are sort of a certain joy to working through information without necessarily an expectation to outcome. I, I always think about sort of how I, uh, how it is reading a, a, a novel in a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm not expecting a certain outcome. I'm, I'm waiting for something that might be interesting and, and to, for it to kind of come up that's there. And I, I think it's really that platform that allows for us to be able to do that. That's really interesting. Um, that being said, uh, you know, it, it might be, of course, our, our own operations of it right our own sort of presentations we've gotten mm -hmm. uh you know to a certain degree you know with each release we are now focusing i think a lot more on the specifics than we are focusing on the you know the mm -hmm. general backbone that's there and the backbone's strong but it's mm -hmm. hard to explain to people what that backbone looks like especially when they're looking at everything else yeah. and when when customers or businesses have an assumption about what they think they're buying even if it's not what they're actually buying, that's what they see, right? So if you went to the store to buy uh, a car, you went to a car dealership to buy a car, and you said, I want to see a sedan, and they uh, they showed you a bicycle, right? They they could be like, this is so much better. It's, it's It doesn't use any fossil fuel. Um, it's, it's much more efficient, um, and you don't have to have a road to get where you're going. And you'd be like, that's a really crappy car. Right. And that's kind of I think that's maybe how a lot of uh, our demos go. If companies are coming in thinking, I just want to see all the capabilities to create visualization. And then we say, 
well, no, that's not what you want. You want to be able to analyze your data. They say, well, no, we want to create visualizations. Right. That's what we're that's what we're looking for is a visualization tool, um, and that's a difficult thing to to move people on. So, I don't know how you solve that, but I think that's an important differentiation for us to make. And to be fair, I think one of the big things is that there are a lot of backlog projects uh, when it comes down to BI. Like pe people have struggled with their data challenges for a long enough time that when something saves them a couple of weeks, a couple of months, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a worthwhile gain. It's a worthwhile investment that's there. But um, it's not, I think, I, I had the question come up this week in terms of are we pushing the envelope of what Tableau is doing? And I explained to them exactly what our vision is, which is, I really do believe at the end of the day, we want to make access to data, access of course to information so easy that it becomes an intrinsic part of conversation <laughs> that I, I, I struggle to think about any organization that has quite gotten there. And I, I'm including of course Tableau as well, right? We are still evolving in this journey in terms of what that might mean and what types of features, what type of technology, we really need to kind of support all that. So the truth is, I think that that's a really challenging thing to, of course, talk to folks about, right? People like to come to the table with saying, hey, we got your answer for you. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, though, um, it's much less about what they have right now than what they are trying to do. And, and that's very, I think, it's a it's a tough conversation to have, but at the, at the same time, it's uh it's been fun. I mean, let's let's not kind of deny that fact. It's been fun kind of changing minds to it. So, yeah, and I think that's what um, a lot of people that have been at Tableau for a long time enjoy about it, is this sort of evangelistic role that they have, which I really enjoy about it as well. So, let me ask you a question: <clears throat> What is your opinion on the television show Lost? I do not have one. I actually didn't watch it. Um, okay, let me think of a different example. Um, Battlestar Galactica, the new, the new. Yeah, I watched part of it, but yeah, I guess I I I'm, don't have an opinion. I I have an opinion. It's not probably a good, great one, but okay. sure. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of another example that might be good. Um, okay, well, I'll I'll tell you what my point is. <laughs> a lot of people criticize Lost because of the ending. Okay. Um. And they're right. It was a messy ending, right? It, it wasn't very... Battlestar Galactic, I, I, I watched and didn't enjoy the, the final ending of that show. Uh, I know I'm, I'm kind of citing myself as being a nerd, but that's okay. I think the, I think the jury's out. Um, if you... The, the argument that people have in favor of a show like that um, is that if you enjoyed your experience of watching it, it doesn't really matter what the ending was, right? And I think that's similar to Tableau, right? Where um, the visualization, the end result is not what's important. It's the process of spending time. And in your novel example is a good, is a good one as well. You read a book not to know what happens in the end, but to have the experience of reading it. And for the things that you learn and experience while you're going through the process of getting from the beginning to the end, the beginning and the end don't matter. They're sort of arbitrary. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about that a lot. It's about the journey. It's not about the destination. But, um, but I also sympathize with the people that didn't like Lost, right? Because they were sold on a payoff, right? And if we're selling people that 
there's these hidden insights in their data and they're going to learn so much and then they don't discover something that makes them feel satisfied. I kind of understand uh, why they might be lukewarm on, uh, you know, spending more money sometimes on a product that sells itself on just what the process is like. So I never really believe in sort of this idea of payoff that's there. I mean, yeah, it's great when you discover and uncover something that has been systematically wrong. Uh, but you also don't want to be in that scenario, mainly because that means that there is something about your company, for your, your industry that is systematically wrong that's mm -hmm. there. Um, the biggest thing, I think, is to be able to innovate the, the thought process. Um, it's to really, of course, have that understanding that when somebody says, well, get me that answer you know, by, by next week, that we might be able to solve for that, that, that idea, where it's just like they shouldn't even be asking those questions that's there. So I understand it. I guess there, there's definitely that empathy in terms of saying, well, we all want to see a, a, a sudden shift and be the momentum behind that shift that's there. But uh, I, I, I never really believe that that's how you should value, I guess, the role that you're playing within sort of the BI industry. And, and to that degree, I, I think I, I think back to um, actually an article that just came out um, this week. I think I sent it over to you. Was it Viz Ninja? I forgot which one it was. Oh, you're talking about Ryan Sleeper? Yeah, Ryan Sleeper's um, article. Ryan Sleeper. He is Ryan Sleeper. His website is called ryansleeper.com. He's, he's, he's a... <laughs> Shout out to ryansleeper.com. Um, <laughs> He wrote an article uh, that I think was just like why why I have hitched my wagon to Tableau. Right. Is that the name? Um, and he talks about why he's chosen to kind of and, – and he's a – he has. I mean he's made his whole career about Tableau right. and he's um, – he kind of he's, he's one of the Zen masters, and he's he's really, of course, kind of clued into it. But the one thing I think that that echoes for that is that there is something affirming, uh, a certain freedom to saying, okay, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to necessarily bound myself to a project, to a specific thing that's there. But I want to be able to investigate and to be known as something, somebody who who can investigate something a little bit further that's there, regardless of the data source, regardless of the, the complexity of the business logic that's at hand. Um, there's a general process and an, almost a thought process to how you can approach uh, any problem and, and, and to be able to see, well, what's a new take on it that's there? Well, I'm going to, uh, in the words of Nason <laughs> Koyla, I'm going to say, I'm going to challenge that. Because I read that article, and a big part of it, it's not a very long article, ryansleeper.com, plug for ryansleeper.com. Uh, you can go read it. It's called Why I Hitched My Wagon to Tableau. A big part of the article is when he is approached with a new technology that's supposed to be the next big thing, he responds by sending a link to one of his visualizations he's made and says, <laughs> can I make this with your product? Right. right. So isn't that entirely about the destination? It is, but it also isn't, right? I mean, to a certain degree, I don't think Ryan ever started with a end result to building any of his visualizations, uh, but it was sort of a flexibility that the tool kind of, kind of could lend. Mm -hmm. But 
I think there's a certain level of confidence behind your, your product and, and, and what it can do and what it can extend out to be that I, I think lends him that confidence to, to be able to, to say all those things that's there. But, um, you know, to, to the same degree, yeah, I guess the, the way he's characterizing it, yeah, it, it is kind of end result oriented. But I think in many ways, given what we've known about sort of the process and I guess knowing, of course, how Tableau typically is kind of built out, it's much less about, oh, can you get this one uh, header in this particular font or mm -hmm. can you get this in a certain format that's there and much more about the effect and impact that the user really kind of sees from that information that's there. And so... Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm overreading into, I think, his words at this point. Well, but. to be fair, and, and what I didn't mention about his article is that the kind of, the point is kind of that he likes the flexibility. He likes the different types yep. of analysis you can do. Um, and, um, and I think that's sort of the point is that instead of Tableau being a solution, it's a tool set and, um, and other products are solutions, right? They're, they're saying, here's the answer to your data problems. And Tableau kind of says, I, th I think Tableau says, um, we, you don't, we don't have the answer. We're going to give you the capabilities to answer your questions and to ask the questions. And, and no one's ever done that for you before. But you're going to find your own answers. And I think that's, that is sort of the point of Ryan's article. So I was being a little facetious. But I think um, it was, it's an interesting conversation either way. But... That flexibility point and the point of, of this sort of journey of data discovery is um, if that's central to Tableau's vision, I think that's an excellent segue to our other topic, which is the new version of Tableau. Mm -hmm. um, Tableau released version 10.2 this week. Uh, this week, uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, is uh, the first week of March 2017 in the year of the Lord, planet Earth. Um Etc. cetera, uh, 10.2. Um, and so supposedly the new features that we're releasing are, are enabling people to do this journey and answer deeper questions, right? What is your favorite new thing that we've released? Um, it is not mentioned ever. Uh, and I have the web page pulled up that has new features 10.2. Tableau.com slash new hyphen features slash 10.2. It's not in there? It's not in there. Um, and the crazy part here is I think within like a week or maybe a week and a There's half. There's spatial files. Probably going to be There's replaced. automatic date parse. There's web authoring improvements. There's legend per measure. None of those things. There's something you like even better than all of those things. No. What is and, it? And I have it already kind of defined. It is autosave. 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 Everyone loves autosave. Uh, John Cahill emailed me last night and said he 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 auto like just auto saved in the nick of time. He was doing a big extract against like a, a data set that a customer gave him. It was uh, twenty million records or something like that, and Tableau crashed or something crashed, and auto save saved his his bacon, so to speak. Bacon. Okay. Uh, he had some bacon, and auto save was there to rescue it. <laughs> it's in the uh, fridge. It's safe. It's it's funny that we're not marketing. Why do you think we're not? putting that in our marketing materials for 
You know, I, I think it's one of those things where it, it is sort of a, a peace of mind feature that's there. I mean, you know, when we think about autosave, uh, Word's had it for a while, Excel's had it for a while. Um, but it's hard to implement it for, you know, what Tableau does, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that are going on. Um, and truth be told, there's enough features even in this release, new things that we're really introducing that kind of uh, overshadow, I think, what that is. But to be honest, as a, what, seven and a half year user at this point, uh, the things that really, of course, surprise me and, of course, will, will change my peace of mind is specifically that experience where small things that I don't think about are still being worked on and tweaked. Well, I think that's those are the features that you and I get excited about are the things where um, they let you explore data without worrying about something, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's, I, that's why I think you're right, that autosave is a really important thing because it it keeps you focused on what you're doing you don't have to stop and, and think about where you're at and kind of create checkpoints that's when you get distracted and go do something else or, or forget what you were thinking about in the moment or whatever um but autosave allows you to do a lot of those things another thing that we released in 10.2 that i think is sort of in the same vein is the table calc assistance thing Oh yeah, which is a good one. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty small thing, but it's it's really important for a lot of people. Table calcs are sort of notorious for being a difficult thing to grasp um, if you're not well, named Wilson Poe. Well, what are you talking and, about there? <laughs> um, one of the problems is that there's all these different ways to compute table calculations. You can compute and paint based on something visual in the window. You can pick specific dimensions, and often when I was learning how to use table calculations. Um, I would pick something, a, a way to compute, and then I'd go check and see if it was right. And then I'd say, oh, that's not right, and then I'd try something else. And it's great that you can do that, but it also is sort of confusing, and you don't necessarily always know why it's working the way it is. So the table calc assi assistance it gives you a little bit of a summary of why it's going to compute the way it is and, and where, you know, in what order it's going to do the different operations that you've put into your calculation is really useful. And I, I think that will help a lot of people. I think that'll help a lot of people get into their analysis and spend spend time asking those deep questions. What do you think? Yes. Correct. Thank um, you. No, I, I think when it boils down to it, like one of the things that we struggle with a lot is building so much depth into the product. How do you make sure that people can take advantage of it, right? Mm -hmm. I had a question this week where I think I had about 15 minutes to answer it where it was like, how do we, you know, how do, how do LOD calcs factor in? Mm -hmm. And it's a hard question. When you talk about that, you have to understand granularity. You have to understand the UI. You have to understand basically how exactly the prefixes really work in context to all things. And to a certain degree, I think, uh, Folks who really understand it understand a little bit of the architecture when it comes down to queries uh, and how mm -hmm. they're really executed on the back end. Um, um, our ability to continue to simplify those aspects and to make it easier, like, um, and I didn't realize it until this week. Uh, things like, for example, our non-modal calculation dialog allows for us to drag and drop portions of a calc into a view mm -hmm. in order to visualize basically the results of that. That is essential. 
Yeah. Um, and that's the whole idea of uh, the one thing we keep on hearing about from development, which is we do not want to take people out of the flow of their analysis. Uh, and we are going to try to fix all those things in between that will make people say, well, pause. I'm not sure if this is right or wrong, but I have to click OK before going forward. There, there's another reason that I think that type of feature is um, extremely impressive for a development team to add, um, which is no one's asking for it, right? Uh, it's It shows vision on our development team that they are constantly thinking about what can make life easier for our users and what can make them use Tableau in the way that we described in the first part of this podcast. Um, because no one, there might be people saying table calcs need to be easier, but no one proposed a table calc ordering dialogue. It's just something that we said, you know, what's keeping people from being completely focused on their analysis. It's this piece. And then we had someone think of a feature that corresponded with that. And I think that's a really impressive thing for a technology company to do. No, absolutely. And, and, and while we're doing that too, it's realize that we're not standing still with this whole release that's there it's not like a uh break fix type of uh yeah uh, modification our there. dot releases tend to be pretty big uh i mean just list a number of things that we've ad added new information to right for example on new aggregations from covariance correlations that's going to be huge for outlier analysis and trend analysis that's there uh, things like, for example, our new connector improvements. Uh, I know already a couple of customers who are, of course, uh, really excited about the Apache drill improvements that we're introducing to the scene. Things like, for example, what we're doing with Salesforce and being able to cross data join, right? Like th that's a normal use case where it's just like there's data in Salesforce and there's data on your desktop. Uh, and trying to go through a data project of either merging that together or data warehousing that together is incredibly difficult. Um, that's a large part solved now uh, with, with this new feature that's there. So it's, it's pretty exciting. And to be honest, I am looking at this list and also, of course, kind of getting an awareness of 10.3. I'm excited about that, that next release as, as well. So it's, I, I think the momentum is there. Uh, just opened up a new office, I think, in Seattle. Uh, we, we have the devs. We're, we're, we're building towards it. And the, the realization that we're finally getting to, of course, this quarterly release cycle is really, really exciting for us because I know what they can do. Let me ask you something else. Um, so we listed our favorite features. What do you think is the most anticipated feature? What feature in 10.2 do you think our customers are going to be most excited about? Sure. Um, you know, the, the one thing I'm always shocked about is sort of the applause level that kind of comes out when devs go on stage mm -hmm. or, of course... Uh, yeah, when we do our conference and we have our developers get on stage and present things they've been working on. Right. It's one, I think it's probably the most... Uh, exciting and most anticipated session that we do at our Tableau conference. Well, I, I think we really see, especially now, the, they've broken up basically a lot of vision uh, keynotes that's there versus, of course, the, the devs on stage, which is much more tactical. Um, there, there's realistic, of course, uh, things that they've been working on and they're ready to show. Uh, 
that are really exciting. And what honestly keeps on surprising me is this idea that it's the really the formatting things, mm-hmm. right? Again, it's the peace of mind lo- features that's there that keeps on really surprising our existing customer base. Um, I remember this year, uh, one of the things that they were really, of course, excited about was basically being able to evenly align uh, visits in a zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the longest time, we, you know, this wasn't even on my list of things that I was kind of concerned about, but um, obviously it was important. We kind of heard basically a standing ovation across the room when that happened. And in this particular release, it is the workbook formatting functionality that will be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, consistency is important, right? And and that was is one of those things where you can build a viz really in an hour and a half and find some insights. Uh, and what a lot of folks find themselves doing is spending another half an hour, an hour or so, right? And so when we take a look at the overall time spend, a good proportion of what's there. It's something we've been talking about for a long time that you know you build your visualization and you think you have something really good and then you go to put the finishing touches on it and it takes as long as building the, the entire analysis. Right. Um, mine is, so yours is the workbook formatting piece. Yes. Uh, mine is in a similar area. Um, mm-hmm. It's the legend per measure thing. Um, that's a really, I mean, that's something that everyone asks us for. Everyone that analyzes data asks us to do multiple measure highlight table type things. And now, I have you done it? I've done, it's, it's like one click. And I, the first time I did it, it just seemed like magic. And it's something that you wouldn't really think about it. If you're a new user, you'd, you'd probably assume that we have that capability. But if you're if you've used Tableau for a long time, you'll be like you'll you'll feel like it's your your world just got way easier. So my challenge is, and I'm gonna throw this How back to the dev. Um, I don't think it goes far enough to be honest. Like I think we can do better. I think we can be pushing it. That's what we're gonna do. I think in the next. Well, uh, that's something. That's a good as, point. As we kind of move yeah. forward, right? Um, it's it's not like you know we're gonna all look at it and say. This is great. It will solve, you know, seventy-five percent of the use case. What about the last twenty-five percent? And the, the fun part, I think, now is, as sales consultants, as sort of pre-sales engineers, we we get that opportunity to say, well, those last twenty-five percent of our customers really, really matter, and so this is what we need to focus some of our attention to. Well, that's the thing that comes up when I mean Christian's famous talk about the innovators' dilemma. I, I mean, it, it with innovations. That's that's what happens with innovations is they replace something and they don't do everything that they're replacing the thing they're replacing did, but they do the important things. Right. And that's what the legend per measure thing does. It does, like you said, seventy five percent of what our customers are trying to do. And then there's all these other things that we can do with all these workarounds. It would be nice if Tableau had that stuff that was really easy to do without kind of the hacky, you know, number of records tricks that we we probably will still implement at times. Um, also use it. But, but this is, I mean, this is a great step for that. And both of the things that we mentioned are moving toward the uh, printed and operational reporting category. Uh, especially the formatting and like what you, you you mentioned the piece where you can line up things better. Yep. Um, that's not in 10.2, but it's coming. Um, is more pixel specific padding for different v- views and more alignment options. Um, real quick, what's your opinion on that? Where do you, how do you feel about 
um, Tableau moving closer to being able to replace maybe some of the printed or, or paginated reports that companies have made for years. So it's an interesting dilemma in terms of what we can do, right? And I always see when we talk about visualization it occupying a couple of spaces, there's the printed sort of space, more static. Uh, we need things like pixel perfect, pagination, concepts like that. There is what Tableau is really good for, which is sort of web-based reporting, um, click-based sort of interactions and things like that for drilling down, looking at more information and, and digging through. And there's even, of course, the new space that I was just talking about uh, today, which is this idea of streaming data. How do we monitor data that's outflowing? Oftentimes things that we don't interact heavily with, but that we need to understand the flow of it in terms of seeing, oh, there's an outlier or something that's going on. Um, truth is, each of those use cases are dramatically different. We'd like to, of course, believe that there are pixels on the screen, but the reality is that the way that we interact with it and likewise the way that we need to architect for it is really, really different. I do think that at this point we've done a good job leading that middle use case, which is how do we interact with sort of a web-based forum for people to interact with data that might be a little bit more staged to dig into information to be a little bit more analytical. Um, in, in my belief, I really do think that we need to start tackling more of either of the other two use cases. And from sort of a operational report perspective, yeah, there's a lot of good value, especially from a regulatory standpoint of how do we actually understand that information specifically. Um, but it's it's one of those things where you know folks have to kind of understand it's a ways away from what's there and i i really do believe at the end of the day if you're looking at tableau specifically for operational reports right now it's the wrong time for it i don't think that we're too far off from sort of the general premise of what's going on well and, that's where yeah. i think um i mean it, it, tying what we were just talking about to this um does it do the most important things is the question we're going to ask. I, I don't think we're close to Tableau. We're completely replacing uh, a program that is built for operational printed reports, but we might be close to Tableau replacing 80% of what those programs did. And if that's the case, this is a thing I think a lot about and I talk a lot to my team about Um when uh, when we think about our customers, um, and a lot of our podcasts have been on this topic, um, we think about the vision of where they should be, how they should do analysis. And I think you and I would both argue that most analysis shouldn't be printed, it shouldn't be um, paginated, it shouldn't be static, it should be interactive and should encourage more questions. Um, but what we need to think about when it comes to Tableau's customers or, or anyone who does data analysis is where they are versus what the ideal state is. And the ideal state might be a fully interactive, democratized reporting solution where everyone has access to all the data and can share their insights 
and um, can can fully interact and everyone's data literate. But that's not the, where we are right now. And I think we have to think about the steps in between where most companies are and where that vision is. Right. And one of those steps for many of our customers, especially the larger one, larger ones, um, is replacing operational reporting. So if we replace operational reporting, we're not going to get those customers to replace operational reporting with what I just described. Mm -hmm. They're just not going to do it. There's too much risk involved. Right. Can we get some of them to replace a majority of their operational reporting with something that does most of what it does so that they can retire some of the investment they're making in other programs so that we can move them toward a better paradigm? I think that's that's the thing that we're thinking about when it comes to that. So I really think about it in two terms. One, can we do more to shift users to a paradigm that fits to what Tableau believes, right? Uh, a more holistic world, something, of course, that we can take a look at the data uh, and, and drill through and really understand what's going on. And I think that's still one of the bigger goals that's there, right? It's It's one of those things where we don't take a look at sort of these more static use cases and say, oh, where we don't do that and we're done. Uh, we don't walk away from it. Uh, that's not the attitude I think that we've ever had with the company that's here. But, um, and I do think we're closer than ever, especially with thinking about things like, for example, we introduced the device designer um, in 10.0, which was really this idea of us being able to deploy on different platforms and to be able to better design and understand that information in a way that makes sense for what that platform is. And to be fair, uh, paper's really just another platform for us, right? Mm -hmm. um, so in my mind, I, I, I think we need to kind of, you know, this is the push that uh, some of our development is going to go through where it's going to say, okay, we've tackled some of these concepts really well. How do we tackle other concepts to bring people into a fold? And then how do we make it not a completely separate experience because that's where i think a lot of operational reports have had a challenge some tools have been great at being operational reports and they are workflows that have been automated and of course printed out to death uh, but they never of course have gotten adoption from other users right people print them for regulatory purposes but at the end of the day nobody makes decisions off of it um and, and that's where I, I, I adamantly believe that we are still trying to figure it out. Uh, and I don't believe anything out there has actually a good solution for it. Um, uh, you know, this is something that we have to feel out in a year, the next two years. And heck, for all I know, of course, uh, we've collected enough ideas for, for what that might look like. But I do really think that as at the end of the day, um, what what that end state looks like is not what any particular individual has as opinion right now. And uh, we have to, of course, start to kind of massage that idea as we kind of move along. Okay. So I have one more question, and then maybe we should wrap up. We talked about our favorite feature. Mm -hmm. We talked about our most anticipated feature. Third question which feature in version 10.2 are you most ambivalent about? Which one are you like, I don't know if that was really that necessary or that's dumb or that's whatever, or I don't know how many people are really going to use that or, or maybe it's going the wrong direction. Um, which feature 
do you have mixed feelings about? I have one in mind. I'm curious if you have one. Uh, you already have one in mind. This, um, yeah. I can let you think about it for a second if you want me to tell you what mine is. Let me, let me think about it for a minute. Um, I'll kind of okay. go through it. So here's mine. Export data to CSV. So there's a new feature in version 10.2, which is kind of interesting. It's an interesting feature. It allows you to take the data that you've transformed in Tableau with calculations, with cross database joins, with pivoting, with uh, combined fields, with splitting, etc., and export that into a CSV. So you create an output. It's a CSV. You can open it in whatever program you want for whatever method you want. I have mixed feelings about it. I understand why it's interesting, and it's actually kind of a move toward a little bit more of a data transformation tool, which um, which is interesting. But I, it also is a move toward encouraging people to not use Tableau to analyze their data, which I think is strange. Um, so I see some of the utility behind it, but I wonder. I, I I would say I'm ambivalent about it. I think that's sort of the definition of ambivalent is having a having mixed feelings about this thing that we've produced that uh, definitely has utility, but also uh, maybe is a little bit counterintuitive to the the creation of Tableau. So I'm not actually against that. We've done enough actually with our data prep concepts that are actually really useful. Heck, uh, remember we used to have a, a completely separate add-in when it comes down to unpivoting data. Uh, that we receive from customers where inherently that they get it as a report mm -hmm. um, and there's years broken up as different columns and we would spend, you know, at least an hour trying to unpivot so that we can even do any work with it. Um, I feel like... So you feel yeah. like this is similar to that? Like not that many people are actually going to use it to take their data outside of that? No, I think it's going to drive a little bit more accessibility and more consistency in terms of data that we work with. Um, and I don't care. Like for a long, longest time, I, I think one of the biggest things that uh, a lot of BI vendors have had a trouble with is to be so caught up with trying to own the data that they do not, of course, make it easier for other users to do what they want with it. And that's something I've, I've been honestly thrilled. We make export relatively easy. It's good. Um, these are good things for us to be able to do. Um, that being said, yeah, I, I guess it's not really, of course, uh, directly contiguous. But you feel like the, the, the way problem. it will help the ubiquity of Tableau is good is enough that you're that you don't care so much about the. I'm generally fine with it. Yeah, no, it's okay. it's 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 okay. I, I don't really mind about whether it's CSV or TDE files. It's there as long as people find utility in what we do. Um, great. Uh, I would love for them to keep it within Excel. Uh, within Tableau. But uh, when it comes down to it, people are going to find value where. It's not so much easier for them, but easier for their end oh, that's users. That's a good point. I hadn't thought yeah. about it that way. All right. Do you have one? I do. Um, I mean, I, on a very personal scale, I really don't find a lot of benefits specifically with uh, the table calc assistance. I'll, oh, I'll, really? I'll, I'll put that out oh, there. Really? Oh, because uh, you're so good at it that you don't I'll need I'll put that out help? there. Okay, but that's not the one you were going to point. That's... 
is, is what you're saying. You're saying that you are so sophisticated that you don't need help with table calculations, <laughs> but you see the utility for other people and you have another one in mind for most ambivalent future. Right. Uh, right. For me, it, it was really Aster with Mac. I know, I know users who use Aster. Uh, I'm not sure they actually use Mac on the back end there. There's an Aster connector for Mac that we yeah. released? I didn't know that. Connect, Connect directly, directly to Aster database with my, your, your Mac. Uh, right. Great. Well, I've got a Mac. Maybe I'll start connecting some Aster databases. Um, in, in my mind, I, I think there's. It, it's a very, very specific use case. It's great that we're tackling it, but at the same time, uh, so that's one where it's less about you being afraid that it's not a good feature. It's just that you don't really care. Like, I don't whatever. care. Who cares? Right. I mean, yeah. there, uh, and to be fair, I think there are plenty There's probably of like one guy that likes Aster and has a Mac that's like, yeah, I, 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 I can't afford Parallels desktop, but I can afford an ODBC driver. And he's going to be really excited. All right. Uh, I'll throw out another one because I feel like that was kind of a cheap one to throw out there. Um, I, I don't think our story points improvements this, this feature along actually do Yeah, you a know, lot. I kind of agree with you. There's not, you know, I was hoping that we would do more. I, I kind of what we added was the ability to make the story point boxes smaller and make them numbers instead of words. Right. But it's not really that different from what we had before. So it's kind of weird to market that as an improvement. And there's a lot of things that people have proposed mm -hmm. as improvements that don't seem like terribly difficult things to do. I, again, I don't write the program of Tableau, so I don't know how difficult things are, but like putting the story points on the bottom. Well, I'll throw it to you here in, in this sense. We are currently in the throes and this might be Hopefully this isn't surprising for any any of our viewers. Uh, um, Wilson's about to get a scoop here. All right, let's hear it. I mean, we've been trying to, of course, do um, we've been trying to adapt a lot of our desktop side over to, of course, web author mm -hmm. for for a good amount of this year. So when we're we're thinking about what's going on here. Um, I think some of those features right now are going to suffer a little bit because we are trying to build parity across the board. Um, okay. I'm not too shocked in a sense where we will do things that are a little bit more mellow in that sense, but um, I do see a lot of value uh, when it comes down to story points. I really do think that there's a, a certain niche about data presentation and, and, and storytelling. Um, that our story points feature is has started a conversation in, but has gotten a very minimal level into. Um, yeah, you know, story points are a feature I wonder a lot about because that's that's one kind of like what we were talking about earlier, where no one was asking for it. We kind of just said, you know, it'd be it'd be cool if we could include better ways to tell stories in this visualization framework. And we built the story points feature, which I thought was really a really good idea, but then we didn't invest a ton in making it great. And now I wonder if it's sort of the, you know, the overlooked uh, part of the development wing of Tableau because, because it's not serving a competitive need and because it's not something people are asking for. Uh, I think I, I agree with you. I think we can get a lot of value from it, but it, it needs to be improved more for us to get a lot of value out of it. So I think that's a good one. Um, well, you know, we've been we've been talking for about an hour. 
Um, I think it's probably a good time to wrap for today. Um, We talked about a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, So, you know, we didn't do a podcast for a long time, and we did one today, and hopefully we'll do more in the future. Um, But I just wanted to say that a few people uh, called me up or or mentioned to me over the past several months that they watched or, or, sorry, not watched, but listened to the podcast or... uh, you know, liked hearing it when they were going on a run or mowing the lawn. And that meant a lot to me. And, you know, one of the things that Wilson and I want to do is make sure that we're actually influencing people. I mean, we, we have these conversations anyway. Um, but if we're going to record them, we you know, we're, we'd like to know that people find them interesting. So um, shoot us a note, leave a comment on the webpage. Um, let us know if you like listening to it. Um, and if you have any topics in mind, we'd love to hear from you. And if, you know, if you, if you listen to this on one of those iDevices that I've heard everyone talking about, you could go to the store and you could give us like a really good rating. That would be great too. Um, we, like, we appreciate the if, listenership if, if, if uh, is what I'm trying to say. system that has likes. That encourages likes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next time.